Welcome, everybody, to the Real Thrills Podcast. I am Jay. I'm here with Eric, as always. It is a Sunday afternoon, rainy here in New England. I gave him a text, and I said, hey, what are you doing right now? Because I'm free. And here we are. We actually got to watch a movie, and we also uh, got to hang out. And here we are doing a pod right after the movie. We were kind of dancing around some ideas for the Christmas theme. So we took it upon ourselves to kind of go outside the box, look at a streaming network called Shudder. And Eric found a nice movie, a brand new movie, that took us to a magical place called Angel Falls. In the very beautiful Vancouver setting, which I think through the film really showed itself as a beautiful, majestic area. This great Christmas-themed town, and everything went awry. Gorgeous, gorgeous setting. It actually, in some of the shots, reminded me of Whoville from the uh, Jim Carrey Grinch film. So it had kind of that vibe of sort of like surrounded by mountains. Oh, yeah. Definitely, uh, definitely Whoville. Yeah, I think there was a moment where, as we're watching, I kept saying, like, where are we? This is great. It's like one of those destination movies. And this podcast is going to take you there. We're going to take you to Angel Falls. And we're going to explain to you what happens when you're a tycoon and you want to take over the town. So here we go. What, what, what movie are we going to get into, Eric? We are doing 2023's It's a Wonderful Knife. This was written by Michael Kennedy, who also did Freaky, which is the only film that I've seen of his. But mm-hmm. um, With Vince Vaughn and, and how it was like a like Freaky Friday. Yeah, love the body swap movies. So for me, I was all in body swap horror premise. Loved it. And directed by Tyler McIntyre, who also has some credits uh, along some of like the, I I think it's like Hulu originals and some other things that are kind of in a similar genre to this. Also, I think the connection from our previous podcast episode is he was also one of the writers on Five Nights at Freddy's. And if you heard that podcast, you know, we had a little bit of beef with the writers. So... I didn't have a ton of hope for this film going into it, but I think we were both pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'm going to touch base on something I said in the last previous uh, episode was this lived in the 87 minute range and it was perfect. Perfect. So it was under 90 minutes. It's a quick watch. It's an easy watch. It's Christmas themed. It is December. Uh, we, that, you know, another reason why we're dropping the pod and, you know, it's just one of those timely situations, but I think we both agreed, you know, as we get to the end of this pod and as we got to right before our, our show, we kind of discuss, you know, is this something that is going to keep living within us around this time? Not really sure. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later, but, but being as it may that it was a Christmas movie, it was a new movie under 90 minutes on shutter. I think we were all intrigued. And I think it was pleasantly surprising. Um, it was enjoyable. Um, and then it kind of had some turn towards the end that I think we'll get into a little bit later. And we'll save all that. Uh, we'll try to save some of that, um, you know, spoiler alert type stuff for then. But uh, I think overall, we, we, we are entertained uh, for the most part for this movie. And, I, and, and as we get to our ratings and our recommendations, I think they're still good for, uh, for our listeners and, you know, future uh, viewers of shutter. I am not familiar with this streaming network. Uh, Eric actually has the, um, password and, and has seen it. I write the checks. Is yeah. What, is yeah. What you, trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> Eric definitely writes the checks and, you know, 
my introduction to it. And to me, if it's because it's my introduction, I thought it was great. Right? I'll come out and say I thought it was really good. I like what they did with the film. I like how it blended Christmas-themed. Uh, it's a wonderful knife. It's a wonderful life. It is literally the same adaptation of that, but in a horror genre. And then it has all the sprinklings of a Hallmark Channel movie. And I think that's where you went. Not all of them. Most of them. <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of. That's where you kind of went ape shit, and you were like, "I, I don't, I don't like how I want to see a horror movie ending, not a Hallmark ending." And I, and that's where we'll we'll get to that, right? Yeah, agreed. Um, I think to your point, entertainment wise, there were a couple. I don't want to call them cameos because I think they were just you know they were stars in this film. But Justin Long, I think, was just. He's great in this, and, uh, you know, he's been great in a ton of different horror movies. Uh, You know, we watched Barbarian, I think it was last year, and just really loved his role in that. I think he does do a great job at towing the line of this sort of, like, frightened, comedic actor in a horror film, and I just think he does that really well. It's not his role in this film. And the odd thing about this film is that it kind of shows you everything that you need to know for the film kind of right out of the gate. Right. So most movies in this style are going to show you a bunch of murders and the entire time you're trying to guess who is doing the murders. This film you learn in the first five minutes. So the Mm -hmm. opening before the title card comes out, you know who the murderer is. So it's a very different style. Again, it's taking a lot of the points from It's a Wonderful Life. Um, However, I think that's kind of the cool thing about this and I'll kind of reference another film that I watched recently, uh, which is Totally Killer, which was an Amazon Prime original. And that film is kind of a similar idea of being a back to the future time travel esque film where we're trying to track down who the murderer was. And this this isn't that exact style, but I would say it has a similar concept of again, tracking down a murderer when you know the murders are happening and when and where they're happening. So I think that's kind of a cool premise here. Yeah, and because this uh, movie, being that it's a Christmas horror, it has all the trackings of a normal horror genre where you have teenagers, you have parties, you have drinking, you have drugs, you have sex, you have teenagers. Look at It's a Wonderful Life as a, as a single Christmas movie. It's an older man. It's an established person and families and kids and a lot more Christmassy. And this one really did focus, all right, but we're going to do it like, you know, Friday the 13th meets It's a Wonderful Life because I'm just going to take all the ages and cut them down to like teenagers, the vulnerable. And you really stay in that viewpoint and understand, you know, why this is horror. It's it's definitely like a we mentioned this two weeks ago when we did Thanksgiving, but it's very much like Scream. I would say there's an Easter egg that I'll share with you all because we were looking through some of the the notes on the cast and the main character Winnie, her aunt's name in this is Gail Prescott, right? So if you're a Scream fan, Gail Weathers, Sydney Prescott, kind of a combo there. So thought that was kind of an interesting, almost like a little homage in their Easter egg. And even that Easter egg goes further because as soon as I saw her face, I go, Eric, that's the girl from Freddy vs. Jason who showed her tatas, <laughs> which I guess I'll never forget. So that's why I know that face anywhere. And uh, Was it the face you knew everywhere? <laughs> it's definitely the face because in this movie, you don't get that, uh, that benefit. Uh, no nudity. 
That, it, it didn't show its face. I think they spent a lot of the, probably the rating on the drugs and alcohol. Oh, and- yeah. I mean, the way it was, they, they went from doing uh, pot gummies to freebasing meth, yeah. right? So very big uh, uh, swing there. <laughs> but it it happens all in one movie, guys. It's 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 pretty 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 crazy. It feels like a lot of the classic Christmas movies are really depressing. It's almost like the premise of a lot of these Christmas movies is let's show you that even if what your situation right now is kind of shitty, let's show you how much more shitty it could be and you should just be thankful that you're alive. That feels like the premise in a lot of these old-timey Christmas movies. Like, not things could be better, but things could be worse. Yes. And I think that's kind of funny in in a film like this because you're trying to understand why the the town is kind of going to shit. And it's funny because it's really at somebody trying to make their own life significantly better. And that's really like the narcissistic real estate tycoon Played by Justin Long, uh, known as Henry Waters. In mm-hmm. this. Which is, if you think of back to It's a Wonderful Life, Henry Waters is the Mr. Potter in this scenario, where he's the guy trying to take over the town, weed out, you know, trying to just take over. So his, his, his premise is trying to uh, eradicate the business owners in town so that he can build his metropolis of... Everything Waters, Waters branded. Waters Tower or whatever he's trying to build. Waters Cove is the Waters name. Waters Cove, yep. But yeah, all the buildings and everything. So kind of think of it as Back to the Future Part 2 when Biff takes over. And the, yeah, this the beautiful- Biff Casino. Yeah, yeah. This, this once gorgeous town of uh, Hill Valley is now, you know, this total shithole where- Everything's a mess, but the the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. But there's That's- only one rich. It's it's kind of an ivory ta- one single ivory tower amongst a lot of what they use in this movie drones or just people that are under a spell to this right. one powerful person. So yeah, no, like right? When, like when people look up to Kim Kardashian, yes, <laughs> or look down or wherever you want to look. So. Because it came on a streaming network, I, I, I don't know. I didn't even research their budget or anything like that. No, I thought we kind of went into this pretty pretty fresh, Yeah, which so, is good. I, I kind of like it when we do that. Um, I didn't even read like the synopsis. I was kind of just like, we, let's see. We, we watched the trailer, though. Yeah, we watched the trailer right before the movie just so, to get an idea. Props to Shudder for allowing trailers to live on there, too, and for the film for cutting a trailer, even though it's kind of an original, which sometimes doesn't always happen. Um, so we got to watch the trailer, and the trailer, again, gives a lot of the movie away. There's more twists and turns and surprises that happen, but again, you get to see the killer unmasked in the trailer, and then you're like, oh, and then you kind of understand what the whole premise of the film is. And we won't get too much into it. I think we'll talk about some of the scenes from it, but I don't think we'll narrate you through the entire film. Right. Not our style. Yeah, and I think uh, you know, there there was something that happened there and you 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 said it uh not too long ago about Justin Long. And I think he's at that point for me and I think you just said it that I see him in one of these types of movies immediately intrigued and I'm on board because what he did in Barbarian and I, a movie that we haven't done on this pod, but it's one of my favorites, my hot take, probably top 3 already. Like it's just yeah, one of those movies was that really good. was Knocked me on my butt, and 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 it was because Justin Long 
blew that movie out like he he made it his own and he i i saw him in a whole different light after that so the fact that he was in this one really drew me in to be like i'm on board i'm opening my heart to this right now let's let's get into this and much like this film that film also had this it almost felt like two separate films oh right? yeah oh yeah yeah th- this this movie feels like two separate films it feels like you're watching a horror short that ends then you get the title card and then you're watching a brand new movie yes and again, kind of the premise. And we talked, we were throwing out some names during the watch of this, like, oh, Happy Death Day, Scream, kind of, a, I think it's it's similar to those types of films. And I think that, you know, there's probably a million and one of those out there. This one, I don't think necessarily stands out from the pack. But as, as we mentioned, I think it was a good entertaining watch. And uh, I think if we get into some of our categories, you'll hear some of our uh, takes on some things here. So why don't we? Uh... Yeah, let's get into the drop because I think you you hit it right on the head. For me, the drop was the first five minutes. We're we're introduced to some of the characters, the Christmas theme, the lighting of the tree, and then the the bad boss has to make uh, one of his employees work on Christmas Eve, and then the kids go to a high school party, and that's where kind of shit hits the fan. The, the drop comes right in, and the killer's already seen right away. Uh, you already see homages to, uh, you said it right away, Friday the 13th. There was one scene where she's running through the woods. You got the almost the same identical music from Jason yeah. <laughs> running after. the And you and you noticed it right away, and you're like, ooh, ooh do you hear that? Like that I, I see where they're going with this. And... Um, you know, for me, the drop was right there. It was it was instant, and we, we we saw the death of the killer right away, and we got to see his face. And then it cuts, and it goes one year later. And then you're just like, oh, now the movie's starting. Like you just said, I think that was my drop, where I was like, all right, high school party, two deaths right away, then the killer's dead. Where are we going now? And that was my drop. Yeah, agreed. I, I put specifically in here um, Kara's death. She's the best friend of the lead character, Winnie, and Kara gets killed by, and let's, let's give it away now, the, the sort of name that we're going to call the killer is the angel, and it's an all-white costume with this really fancy, like, daggery knife that apparently can cut through anything in the world, uh, but right. somehow still doesn't. Inflict yeah. as much damage when he's slicing people up. Yeah, but, when you think of the angel, you you, you get a lot of that, uh, you know, ghost face vibe too, right? Yeah. So Kara's death, she gets killed in front of all of her friends, and that's when I think Winnie just reacts. She just freaks out. She go and she's out there like on a warpath, and I, now her brother is being you know chased by her and her brother being chased by the angel, and I think protecting her brother is kind of ultimately where she gets the the strength up and the courage up to go and, and finally, you know, help kill the angel. Kara's death is where you're like, okay, I think I know what's happening here. And just to go back for a second, uh, in the first couple minutes, the, another trope and I guess homage that's in here is to the Goonies. They need to purchase one more house in this town in order to be able to build this metropolis and the person that lives there, Mr. Evans, he doesn't want to give it up. It's like a historical landmark to him. His family's owned it for a long time. And he wants to pass it down to his granddaughter, who is Kara. And I'll get into it in our next segment. But um, as one of my favorite death scenes 
involves Mr. Evans. Yeah, and and you know, and I will go down the same. You know, this is you know try try to be careful with where where I'm going to go with this. But everyone who watches horrors and kind of jokes around with these horrors, I hope I'm not being insensitive about this. But you know, Kara is of an ethnicity that gets killed first in these movies, and this trope happened again. So it was one of those. She was the second death, but man, she met her demise very early. And I always thought that was kind of unique. I'm like, all right, so I see this token character come in gone like within minutes of this of seeing her for the first time which you know it's a callback not a necessary one i think we're past all that but it still lives there it still lives in those 80s and 70s and 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 slasher movies of the past that for whatever reason they like doing that in the first go around so again they followed that that trope for for sure when you're when you're mentioning about kara yeah. So um, we'll leave that there. Um, and then uh, let's get to the, the next segment, which is let's go to the best best death. And I think yeah. you, you, I'll, I'll let you start because you have some thoughts about how hard this 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 was for you. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to say in general, I I didn't think any of the deaths were super creative. I thought it was a lot of like running and slashing like scream. I mean, I'll be honest, I, maybe this is a hot take, but I thought a lot of the deaths in Scream were extremely boring. Ooh. Some of the death scenes were unnecessarily long of just finally killing somebody with a knife. You know, I to me, uh, in the slasher genre, I kind of like when there's a little bit more variety in the kills. I like when there's a little bit more of an environmental situation where it's like, I'm in front of this tree, so I'm going to use this tree as my murder weapon here. And I don't, I don't think... And this so if you're going back to Thanksgiving, how much they use that holiday around it, I think that's what you're looking for. You wanted more holiday themed deaths. Like I want to see somebody, you know, like in Thanksgiving to our last episode, somebody got burnt alive like a turkey. Right. And then was presented on the table as a stuffed turkey. Right. You're going, oh, my God, this is sick. Now, for this movie to get to that path, you were like, can somebody just get buried into a snowman? and get hit by a car. You know, like, I want to see a snowman yeah. explode, you know, with a person inside of it. And people don't know that that person's inside of it, and they just run into it. You know, like like an accidental, like, oh, I didn't know there was a human behind that snowman. Go there. Let's get more themed deaths around the holidays. Yeah, for Somebody a, getting stuffed down a chimney. Like, let's go. For a story that was kind of already written for you, I I think they could have been a little more creative with the kills. No, but- and, and no Santa theme, right? There was... You know, Santa did not exist in this world. Right. It's just about a town around Christmas. Yeah, right? very true. My favorite in the first death is Mr. Evans tells the real estate developers that he's not going to sign. He's not going to give away his property. And he hears a knock on his door a couple hours later, goes out to see who is there. And it's a snowman on a stoop. Well, there you go. And then all of a sudden, a arm slash knife comes through and knocks him over and then slices his throat. So, yeah, it played into your theme of I needed more of that. That was the only time. I, and I think my death followed that. And I think you you recognize that when I said it before in our pre-show notes that my favorite death scene was when Kara's boyfriend, Eddie. See, we're living in the first, like, three minutes of this film. They're walking outside from the party and they want to have their first kiss or something. Like, this is the magical spot where it's going to happen. And they kiss and she goes, oh, man, like, what? What did you just eat? And blood's gushing out of his mouth. And then you look away for a minute, and then blood just splatters on Kara, which is great. And then the camera pans back to Eddie, and there's a candy cane impaled through the back of his head out his mouth. And I'm like, oh, there you go. More of that, 
all right, cool. We're using some of this holiday theme. And again, from that point on, we never saw that again. Now it's just slasher deaths like with a knife. That was pretty CGI'd, which is why I didn't put it. I like, I I wanted to see that with practical effects. Like it was it was pretty CGI'd, but the first two come out and you're like, okay, they've got some yeah some snowman candy canes. We're going, and then that was it. Then that's it. Yeah, yeah. nothing really happens beyond that. All right, so we got uh, next is you know kind of uh, the WTF, you know, I and I think uh, I think we I don't know how many you have on your end, but uh, towards the End of the movie for me, growing up and hearing about the Aurora Borealis, you know, how that creates in the sky, where you can actually see it. Well, somehow in this town, right, you can see it, and it plays this uh, local folklore. Now, remind you that this is now after the transition of this, like, It's a Wonderful Life, where this the main character is um, wishing that she never existed, and then it goes into this whole extra universe reality that she doesn't. So somehow this Aurora Borealis holds these powers of this local folklore in this town that that is a somebody who died, their spirit um, is up there and it will grant some wishes or whatever or make something happen, bad or good or what, or not good, obviously, but bad. And I was just like, wow, they really went for that. Like, I always thought the Aurora Borealis was this like cool, awesome thing that I can't wait to see on a bucket list of my life. To be jaded by a local folklore that it's a, a spirit that wants to do bad things. So I, I was like, what the fuck? I just want to witness that for my life. Now when I do see it, hopefully in my lifetime, <laughs> I'm going to not wish upon that star. <laughs> so I'm just like, all right, what, you, just, you just jaded that for me. Thanks. It feels like a very vengeful star to... <laughs> yeah. Some dumb stuff in the movie, and I think this isn't necessarily just the problem of this film, but also just probably a lot... That falls into this genre, which is that there always seems to be these really smart, artistic women in these movies that for some reason always fall for the dumbest jocks. And it feels like this level of high school conformity that feels really forced a lot of the times. And they didn't they didn't do that as much in this film. And I I did appreciate that they they tried to be a little bit more forward thinking they didn't try to go with the traditional tropes and they went a little bit more in line with you know pro lgbtq community and i think that there was a lot of that in this film which i think horror has always been very inclusive a couple things i have i kind of thought watching justin long in this film that he reminded me of justin long playing fred armison yeah right (laughs) and i was like i kind of I kind of would like to see this movie with Fred Armisen instead. Um, just just for shits and giggles, I thought Justin Long was very good. But I, I could see a Fred Armisen in this Yeah, one. he was channeling Fred Armisen 100%. Like you said it right away. You're like, why does he look familiar? The director was probably like, all right, I want you to be Fred Armisen. And, and throw this veneer in your mouth to make you even look more goofy. Which, why did they need that? Like, I don't... I, I don't understand what the veneer was for. I think they needed to show him as a person who is very, yeah, very, a lot of vanity there because it was the spray tan, the The coiffed hair, the coiffed hair. He always keeps moving it in the the cashmere. Oh, yeah, the cashmere line. The trophy wife. Yeah. Just he, I think he needed to exude power. And that's what veneered teeth look like for people. Well, like huge, like bucked teeth like i mean that it was it looked pretty cold and windy in that town like i those things probably dried out pretty quick you gotta lick them down quite a bit 
some of the names in the film I felt like were really outdated. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but they had like Winnie. Winnie and Darla, Darla and Kara. Kara's. Uh, yeah, some yeah, those are the couple that jump out at me of just being like, okay, you know, they're they were a little um Mr. Carruthers. I mean, just the last names, like Carruthers, Carruthers. just sounds like I'm watching something from the eighties. However, so Henry Waters played by Justin Long, his brother goes by Buck Waters. And you find out in the movie that he just started as an OnlyFans page, and he's this TikTok icon. I want to say I thought Buck Waters is an excellent porn name, <laughs> right? And great use of social media, right? We got TikTok, we got OnlyFans. At one point, one of the characters asked another character to say, "Hey, go Google it," or what have you? What can't you find on Google? Tell me what I don't know. Yeah, it brings and, you a little bit and more into the time. Yeah, time into the frame. time. So I'm like, oh, good use of that. But I'm like. But it was ultra cheesy and a very big joke at those TikTok OnlyFans because this guy was kind of douchey. I think it's a great point, but what I thought was weird was there's a lot of situations where they're using technology and they're a little bit more current day. And there's a lot where it seems so outdated. A couple of examples would be the police SUVs, they look like they're like 1999 Broncos. They're oh, 100%. super old. Now, I'm going to go back to an interview from the – I mentioned it is, uh, when we were eating lunch today. And Eli Roth did an interview on a podcast that I was listening to. And he mentioned how he spent a lot of his time interviewing his niece – who is of the high school age during current time for Thanksgiving. And it and it and it spoke very well in that movie. This one did not. Like there was only texting. Like I what I hear from that interview is that teenagers really only do Snapchat as they talk, video and like video chat. Yeah. Like I don't think they use any other method. You don't call anybody. Right. And I even think texting is kind of a dead communication tool for the teenagers today so i thought that was very interesting that e- that that goes to show you eli roth versus who was the uh writer and director of this writer michael kennedy director uh tyler mcintyre exactly nobody really knows who these people are but eli roth holds this name and i think we, we we put a lot into that and i think he took the time to really look into how teenagers chat and that's where they filmed the death at the or the store going chaos, right. and he put it on his TikTok. And, you know, I mean, Buck did do that where he like got on his camera and started doing a live feed. Hey, I'm Buck on TikTok. How am I? Yeah, Merry Christmas. So, here's my dick. But more of the, <laughs> but more of that should have happened through the teenagers and how they communicated, and it wasn't there. There was just a lot of texting. So, yeah. The other one is, I would say, Bernie or AKA Weirdo. She has this whole board up to try to decipher what happened with all the murders. I'm like, Come on, you don't have Microsoft OneNote at this point that you could just put all that information on. Yeah, like right. you're cut, you're really cutting out articles and yeah, like. Where's your Where's your Google Drive or Teams? Yeah, you're pasting you know, like, those. Where's your up. i? This is a cloud based program that that you can edit and other people can help edit with you. <laughs> yeah, not only did you have to go out and either buy a newspaper or print. Oh my god, who prints anymore? Print a newspaper article out to then make this whole board up there, which you could easily do in like even the most you know, basic version of like paint shop. So preach brother. Yeah. It just, it, you know, I get it. Like what the fuck (laughs) you have to show that because it's like, Hey, I want it to look like a law and order, but you know, like law and order also came out in like 1990. So I think we could probably make this a little bit more, more modern. Yeah. Any other, what the F's 
No, I don't. There's a couple. I'm just trying to figure out where I can drop some things because there's some stuff that I want to mention that I want to forget about. I love Winnie's haircut because okay. it reminded me of Owen Hart. And oh, yeah, you said that. I love the scene where she's at the top of the stairs and the killer's at the bottom and he's knocked out. And I'm just thinking, like, jump down with an elbow drop, Owen. <laughs> the that blue soon? blazer. Is that too soon? It's a little. Yeah, it is too soon. I'm sorry. Now, on a side note, I watched that event on uh, pay-per-view that day. Um, oh, yeah. As a kid. And, uh, you know, I, I might have told this story on another pod or this pod a long time ago, but still haunts me to that day. Watching it live, having that happen, and then the TV just going blank for like what felt like an hour. It just stopped, it derailed, and then they continued to go on, which was very interesting. Anyway, sorry for that side note, but you brought up Owen Hart. Owen Hart. <laughs> so. And the only one other thing, it's not really what the fuck, but I wanted to mention is we talked about this very early on in the film. There's a great scene where they're starting the Christmas party. And I thought a fantastic line, which I think should just be the new greeting for Christmas, which is, fuck yeah, Christmas. Yeah, as he's lighting the house. It's, it's, I loved it. It was, that was, yeah, we both kind of giggled to ourselves, looked at each other like, that is the best line I've heard in a movie in a that, while. That may be what held my attention attention and interest for the first like 45 minutes of this movie. Yes. Just being like, yeah, that line got me. Fuck yeah, Christmas. Yeah, no, it was. I'm sure you're gonna hear that in this pod drop at some point, right? You got you, you gonna take care of that edit? Yes, yes, I got you. Don't worry. Got you. All right. So you might even all you listeners that drop that you probably heard earlier during the introduction to our show. That's what we're talking about. All right. So is that all the what the fuck moments you got? I'm sure there's more, but we could always keep this going. Just the slow, the slow movements around the knocked out killer. Where you're just like, there are three of you. Can't you just all hold them down and stab them in the throat? Like, oh, yeah. why are we tiptoeing around the killer? Yeah, like, you were the... you were getting very like, what the fuck? Just do it. Like, you know what <laughs> like, you got to do. Audibly, you were like pretty not well, happy about that Because in the beginning, there's no hesitation. She's just like, boom, kills the killer. Yes. Then afterward, it's this whole fucking tiptoed thing here. And you're like, are you just trying to extend it out to 87 minutes or... Right, you're a reason just you're creating this tension that I don't need. I was like, just kill him. It's fine. Let's keep this ball rolling, just like the pod. All right, hot takes. I think the name Winnie needs to be more popularized. Winnie, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I just like it. It's outdated and everything else, but I don't know something about it. Winnie Cooper. I guess I think of oh. uh, of the Wonder Years, and so I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, pretty, pretty nostalgic there. Now for me, it's uh, I, I got three. Um, and I hope my last one really doesn't step on this movie too much, but hot take. So Jimmy is Winnie's brother and he's an all state quarterback, high school player. He's got the letterman jacket and all you can't miss him. There's a scene where he lays a tackle on the killer. And I was like, whoa, you're playing the wrong position, pal. (laughs) My hot take is you are in the wrong position. Even though you threw six touchdowns in the state semifinals last year, your tackle was the best form tackle I've ever seen that stopped a killer from killing your sister. So, Jimmy, you're you're in the wrong spot. I think you should be on the defensive side being a linebacker or something. So, there's my hot take. Jimmy, not a QB. But a, but a linebacker. Never threw a pick six. We know yeah. that. 
Uh, the other uh, hot take is that, hey, you know, instead of the category, yeah, it should live in Christmas. It should also live in horror. But also, let's put it in the category of uh, LGBT. You know, like it, there's a lot of vibes for uh, bringing in this as a central story to this movie that, uh, you know, without getting too gives too much away. But Jimmy is the star quarterback and he has a boyfriend on the side like in the dark, you know, you know, like in the closet, so to speak, right through the party. And our main protagonist here towards the end has f- all the fills, the feels right for Bernie, who's a female character and the aunt is also a lesbian. So you have three different couples, two in high school and one older that, you know, they're part of the LGBT. And I'm like, wow, very progressive movie. Lots of themes. Let's go for it. I'm a- So my hot take is, hey, for the LGBT community out there, maybe this is just the genre that you've been looking for. Christmas horror plus LGBT. So my hot take is that it should also have that signification on the logo. Or on the, you know, on the genre. Now, do you think it's just age or is there something else going on in the household? Because I think hearing your point now, it's like, well, both children, they're both in the closet. Progress. Yes. Right. So if the aunt's openly out there and everyone in the family seems to be really accepting, why are they still fighting this? Yeah. I don't know. It feels, it feels to me because... And the reason I say this is just because they they made it a point in the film to show obviously like the the hidden quarterback, which maybe that's more of like a maybe it's a pressure from being uh, in that sort of team environment, and maybe it's not accepting because of that. But there's a point where they buy her this velour like tracksuit or something, yeah. and she puts it on, and she's like, she says something like, "Oh, um, you got me a lesbian jumpsuit." Yeah, and then it says no offense to the aunt, and is it right? Like- but it, towards the end of the movie, you're having you're having an interaction with another female. Yeah, she's got a boyfriend through the yes. the film, so it's a complete kind of 180. Like her. So do know? the parents know, and they're very progressive, <laughs> right? I guess so. So the other the other point here is I, I'm not gonna. Unfortunately for our listeners, if you haven't seen it, I'm re- I'm trying not to give this away, but. And I, I think Eric's going to step on this pretty hard later. I, I, I hope and I imagine because we talked about it. But you know, the hot take is that you know, should this actually have been on the Hallmark Channel rather than Shutter? <laughs> so I'm just going to leave it and let it marinate there. So while we go to the next segment, or do you have any more hot takes? I'm sorry. One last one is for the Christmas party. I think we over decorated for the meth heads. Yeah, I'm just going to throw it out there. Very nicely decorated home. And at first, I was like. Why did the meth heads decorate so nicely? And I realized it wasn't the meth heads. It was Robbie's home. Very nicely decorated, but for a party full of people that were basically smoking meth. So oh, yeah. just saying, I don't think we needed all that. We probably could have. And this is where I said earlier, they went from gummies, dropping gummies at this party and drinking beers, to free basing what I thought was crack, but looked like meth out of a you know glass bot, uh, glass tube. Well, we now, don't know. I would say <laughs> if we were able to pinpoint meth that easily, then we probably have a problem. Yeah, it could be. To me, it's either or, right? Or it could be both. You know, it's it's one hell of a party. We need one of those little shaker bags, like from cops, where they're like, "Oh, it's blue. That's yes. meth." All right, got it. We yeah. didn't have one of those. Sorry. Yep. Um. All right. Let's get into. I think we're going right into the award section, right? So if you want to, why don't you take it this time and go through the character, uh, go through uh, the awards, and then we'll start assigning them. 
So we're going to assume at this point you've listened to our podcast at least once. So we're not going to go through the description of each award. But if you need a rundown, listen to a previous episode. We talked yes. about it a lot. Ooh, good plug. The Franklin yes. character. Yep. I didn't have one. I oh. could not pick a Franklin in this. You know, my Franklin was actually Buck Waters. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So That's he a was a good call. You know, because in that first initial scene, he was kind of a real dick to Jimmy. Um, he was, that's where he was talking about. What was, what was the line about his dick? He said something like, he Hey, TikTokers, Merry Christmas. Hey, TikTokers, uh, you know, if you want to see my dick, Merry Christmas to you or something. Cause he has his his new OnlyFans. So I think it got to the point where I was like kind of waiting for him. And he was, you know, just the look of his face and his character, his mannerisms, the way that he, you know, in this alternate universe was trying to address Winnie and was like, was very you know, smart, you know, smarmy and stuff with her. So I was like, you know, he, he's the one that's the whip. Like, when are you going to die? And he eventually did, which yeah. was great. But I was like, it took a long time. He should have been gone a long time ago. That, that was kind of my guy. Agreed. For the Franklin. So, Buck Waters. Yep. For the Judy character, I gave it to Darla, at least yeah. for the first, the first film inside a film here. Yes. Just because she's cheating with your friend's boyfriend you are leading the pack of making sort of fun making of fun of weirdo and Bernie. Bernie, yeah. yeah. Where I we're just, see that we're just conforming to high school standards and we're making fun of the weird kid too. Yeah. So you, yeah, you were definitely the bully. You yeah. know, you were picking on people and you were cheating on your best friend. So there, there you go. I, I, I have that person also written down, and I also went with, and I think you have a you have a different award for this person, but I also went Judy goes to Judy. So there's a character in this film. Mm. It's the mother of the children. And once um, the alternate universe happens, uh, she just becomes a train wreck. And to me, she just becomes not that she's a bully, but she's like openly cheating on her husband while the husband's in the house. And that's where at that point, I don't know, this is probably. 60 minutes into the film, 70 minutes into the film, where I was like, you know what? I'm going to put your name out of principle because I don't like you, and I think you're a mean person. So, Judy, you win the Judy Award. Double Judy's. Uncle Charles? I think I think I actually is, went with Judy yeah. for Uncle Charles. Which I also will you know, piggyback off that, and I'll let you run with it, but Mr. Carruthers, which is right. the parents of Winnie and Jimmy. So, there you go. Yeah, I guess, depending on what you... I think we're both looking at... The latter universe. Yes. And in that universe, they both kind of, they grieve in a, in a way that I feel like is really harmful to family. the family. So, yeah. yeah, I think they both, they're, I'd say they're co-winners. Yes. The and Carruthers I, parents. Are but if winners. you look at the Carruthers in the original universe, they're the, they're the, they're the best family that's in this town. Like they're the nice people. They're they're the um, the Baileys, you know. Of, yeah. of, of uh, it's a wonderful life. So, um, and then for my Tommy, uh, I'm giving that to Winnie. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you because she's the one that created the portal. She created the portal, and she initially was the savior, fucked everything up again, and then had to be the savior again. So that's our yeah. Tommy Jarvis award. No, hundred percent. Now, <laughs> this is the first time where I'm kind of they ain't never gonna be right. I think it's the Carruthers family. You know, it's it's it, it gets back to Mr. Carruthers and Judy. They ain't never going to be right because in the alternate universe, Jimmy dies and there is no daughter and they're completely fucked. But when everything gets fixed, 
They're everything's the, corrected again. They're going to thrive. That's why this is a hard segment because, like, mm-hmm. in in one third of the movie, they are, and then in the front end and back end, they're not. So I'm just mm-hmm. I'm going to just live there because I don't know who else loses at I, the end of this movie because, like, I my hot take it's a Hallmark movie at the end. Everybody, I got it. No, I so. I got two. I got two co winners. Okay, I got Winnie. Yep. Because Winnie, at the end of the day, has still killed a man. Okay. So even though she's got this new relationship and she's so happy and thankful for her life, she still killed a man, and I think she's that's going to haunt her. Okay. Even though he was a bad guy. I think it's still going to haunt and her. and I think I know who the second person is. It's Buck Waters. Yes! He was, he was riding high, and once his brother died and the whole family name went to shit— then the Carruthers family really thrived in his family. He would look like a bum on the street. He wasn't TikTok famous anymore. It doesn't seem like. Yeah. So I think he's the one that's never going to. Nah, be I, I think you're spot on there. You know, I, I kind of like looked at through the isolation of the third or second act of this movie, um, where the Carruthers really dominated it. You know, so. Uh, but in the end, from stem to stern, I think you're right with those two, Winnie and Buck. All right, now with our new segments, getting into. Uh, hopeful or tropeful? What do you think? Now you're gonna really let your flag fly now, right? Is this is this where this is where hey everybody this is where we might have some spoilers, and this is really where Eric's gonna come unhinged. Ready? I don't know. Because <laughs> you did like it up until this point, and this is exactly how our pod's gonna go. Because now we're gonna flip it on its head, and we're now we're gonna be not so. Yeah, I mean, I'll <laughs> beneficial. I'll, I'll sum it up as this without giving too much away. I. I wouldn't watch the film again. I thought it was fun. I'm glad I watched it a, a first time. Would you recommend it? Or are we too quick? If somebody said, I was planning on watching this film, should I watch it? Have I fun. would say yes. Yeah, have fun. If somebody said, hey, what's a great horror movie to watch around Christmas? This I would ain't never, it. it would never come this up. This ain't it. Yep, 100%. I guess it's like you have to go from the lens of like, who is this film made for? This is a modern day Christmas slasher. Would kids like this? Would this be a cult classic in the future? I don't think so. I don't think it's got enough legs. I don't think it was written well enough. Um, I don't. And part of it is, I think, if you think about current culture, how many kids watch "It's a Wonderful Life" as tradition to like no. come back to this movie and say, like, if they did the Muppet Christmas Carol with, you know, "It's a Wonderful Life." Oh, it's a wonderful knife. Yeah. Like the, oh. you know, whatever the puppet master Christmas, then I think you could do something with that. Cause people know the story well enough mm-hmm. to want to follow the, the sort of like parody to it. <clears throat> but I don't think that that movie holds enough weight for tradition. I don't think this one will. I think people might watch it as a fun, fun watch. I think where it missed the mark though, is that if it had been released in theaters would have been like a big cash grab. I think people yeah. would have want to, would have gone and seen it. They would have trashed it after having to pay, $12, to watch 100%. it. 100%. We're going to get there because the end didn't make sense for a horror. And that's yeah. where I have my hot take. It's it's a it's a, it's a a hallmark ending, everybody. There is no flip. We were waiting for the turn. Yeah, Where's no turn. the turn? And it never happened. And that's where we both looked at each other and threw up our hands. And we're already 87 minutes invested into this. And we kind of got let down in a, in that regard. Right. To me, the last 10 minutes spoiled the previous 70 or whatever. Yeah, kind of like this pod. All yeah. right, let's keep going. <laughs> um, so soundtrack, what do you think? I mean, we did notice a couple themes that, when, hey, when they're running through the woods, 
There yeah. was kind of an homage there to Friday the 13th, which was kind of cool. You were kind of like, ooh, I like that. A couple songs, you're like, all right. Yeah, the, the, I thought the, the score work in the film was good. I thought the soundtrack itself wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah, it was like Christmas, but dark. Like, what what, what was that song that we got? Course, Course of the Bells? But oh, uh, Carol of the Bells. Carol of the Bells, where you were, I, I was like, oh, we both noticed it right away, but it was very hard. Like, guitar, yeah, it's like right? it, it puts it in like in kind of a home alone kind of way where it's during a, a tense scene, and that was kind of a it's cool a tense song. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, <laughs> even around Christmas, I'm kind of getting pumped up just to listen to it in my kitchen while making cookies. To me, I think the, the, the missed opportunity for the entire soundtrack is putting really jangly, up tempo, upbeat Christmas songs over brutal death scenes. To me, like that juxtaposition is what you want to have in a really great horror film. And it didn't have that. I think they had an opportunity to play like Jingle Bell Rock during a, a scary chase scene or something. Oh, that yeah. would have been just Even a if really it was good... campy and cheesy, I think it would have been perfect, right? Yeah, I think I... you would have been like, ah, I like what they did there. Yeah, I needed something like that in there yeah. and I didn't get it. I didn't I thought the songs were pretty I don't know. Now the one thing I'm gonna add to this where I, I kind of really uh got really into it was the last song during the credits. Uh, I think it was like Jingle for the Girls, Joy to the Girls. Yeah, I think so. Joy to the Girls. And if you're listening to the lyrics and you just watch the movie and the last scene and then that song comes on, that it's a Christmas-themed song that's really, um, you know, it's for the girls, right? It's for girls being free, girls being able to do what they want to do. And between Winnie and Bernie, without giving too much away, they were free to do what they wanted to do, and they got together. They saved the movie. They found each other, and and this song, this Christmas song, that's you know, it's 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 driven that way. And I thought that was a nice little topper, right, right at the end. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I'll recognize that song as as a key element to what this movie was trying to say, and well, le- and leave it there. there. There's a ton of female empowerment in horror films, and I think that just put the the cherry on top. Yeah, and that's where I'm like, okay, I'll give you. I'll give you a, th- a th- half a thumb up for that, and maybe that's that's. I don't know what ratings do you would you give it anyway? I, we're at a ten here, a ten scale. So what do you like? Three, I, three, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll agree too. Where I think it was missing some great Christmas. I mean, come on, guys, Christmas music. There's so much out there. How could you not have had a lot more involved in this movie in cheesier, funner ways? Uh, the only thing I think of is budget. If they just didn't have the budget to do it, I I totally get that piece of it, but. I don't care. Play a, a music box version of it. Does, yeah. Like just something that has like music box from like the nineteen nineties. Sure. The Mariah Carey CD. No, no. <laughs> I, I, th- I thought you were talking about uh, when you would like watch a video and call in and like request a video to be played. Not like MT. It's like the cheap version of MTV. Oh, I didn't watch the cheap version of MTV. I think it was I called was the watching. Box. Actually. Oh wow! It was on like. Uh, public television, probably. I just remember from the '90s. I was always waiting for like a video to actually show up, and you would actually—it's like a radio. You call in and request right, right. it, and it would come on. Oh, so, okay. Gotcha. Sorry for for all you uh, maybe millennials and Gen Xs out there. You're you're like picking up what I'm putting down. So, so soundtrack. All right, now let's get to our rating overall. How many racks? You're going into Blockbuster. You're walking down the aisle. Where are you? How many? How many movies are you going to be able to rent? Back in the day. Two. Two. Oh, wow. So that's, I think that was the same rating I gave Thanksgiving. No, I think you think of it a little better. I think you gave it five. 
five movies? Or did I give it five racks? I'd have to go back. I think you were on the fence about it overall. But- yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, for me, I even cut, so he, I'll be honest, I gave it three racks before I saw the ending, and I think I'm kind of going less than half a rack. Yeah, okay, I got you. Yeah, so I'm I'm not a full rack, definitely, and I think it's in and out of my blockbuster in a month. Correct. Kind of like this, you know, obviously, as we said in the beginning, it's a shutter. It went straight to streaming, which will get us to our next segment, you know, screen it, stream it, hated it, or what was the other one? New tradition. New tradition. Yeah. Like, are you going to watch this every year? Yeah. I think you already hit on that, but you can, you could pound it now. I mean, I'll let your freak flag fly, but I, I would say stream it. It lives in the shutter world and I think it's perfect for it. Uh, I don't know shutter. But a lot of people that are on Shutter will probably watch and be like, "Yeah, I respect it." Um, for me, never seen a Shutter vi- video. If I compare it to a Netflix, I couldn't even name one right now, and I was kind of challenging yeah. you on that too. Where I'm like, "Am I going to remember this one?" I will because it's a wonderful life, right? The tr- yeah, the way that that movie meant to me and watching it play portrayed in a horror aspect, and how I love I love the idea of Groundhog Day, Back to the Future totally killer i love these happy death day i love this parallel universe alternate universe that you can relive and change your world to a different thing something about that and i think it's because as a kid with my dad watching it's a wonderful life created that for me so that's why i do give it a little bit more respect i will recommend it i will be a little bit more positive but with that, now I leave it over to you, Eric. It's a fun Christmas slasher that pays homage to classic Christmas movie. But I, I don't even know. I don't think I have a but. I, you like, don't you, tell I guess tell, I, tell the people what you didn't like, like the, the way that it, the plane landed. I don't think you liked it. I don't think how you liked the whole scene with Henry Waters coming to his demise. I, I think you yeah, were like, I just thought the like the drones piece was kind of lame. I felt like you could show the people that are all at this, the lighting of the tree, maybe methed out and they're all like, you know, sleeping or something. But it just showed them as these like drones that were just completely loyal to this now the mayor who has created his own throne. Um, I just, I didn't think it was, I don't think he needed that. That whole scene. Yeah, I agree. That whole scene sucked because he kills his brother in front of everyone and no one does anything. And then they're bringing the two girls up on stage, and he's gonna about to kill them too in front of everyone. I'm like, what is going on in this town? And I'm like, is this like it's gone completely off the rails? The plane isn't landing, and then, you know, obviously they figure it out to correct the universe, and then it goes into this hallmark ending that you, you and I both looked at each other. I'm like, all right, I get it. It's a Christmas movie, but it ended like a Christmas movie. Everyone was happy. We wanted to see the turn. We didn't see the turn, and I think that rubbed us all the wrong way. Yeah, we needed that final breath from the killer or something, and we yeah. didn't get it. Or that we needed- last hand from the bottom of the earth. Yeah, but we need that. That's what that's what we grew up on. Where's the turn? It where's ended too the, hopeful. Where, God yeah, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Where's the next? Where you know, if it got into the scenario of new tradition, right? Would this become something that people want to watch around Christmas? No, Krampus is better. Um. Black Christmas is better. Like, it's not going to replace these. 
Whereas last episode, Thanksgiving, they don't have anything to compete with, and it, Eli Roth knocked it out of the park in our eyes. This just didn't knock it out of the park. And it, this is one of our first times where we were like, wow, this is really good, really good, really good. And then we were just, the plan didn't land. Yeah. And that was it. It's not like a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes kind of no. thing. So don't, it, it's, it's not like, it's, it's not a terrible movie by any means. It's just, it didn't give us what we wanted. And I think it could have gone there, especially when, the script in a way was written, right? Like I think the the story was written in a way you just had to kind of go in and it's like they had to weird out it, right? They yeah. had to go, okay, well, here's the lyrics from the real song. I'm going to change it to make it funny in this way. Like that's really all they had to do in this film, I think, to make it, to, to make it hold up. And I thought they just, they made some bad decisions at the end. And yeah. Yeah. I think it just left you a little like, ah, man, what a letdown, right? Usually that yeah. doesn't happen. Usually the best part is the end. And I think that's where you were like, kind of. The best part was the first seventy minutes for you. But I will say, at the very end, after watching it and being in the spirit, the only thing I could think of was "fuck yeah, Christmas." Fuck yeah, Christmas. And with all that, are we gonna have another? You think we're gonna have another episode before, maybe before the end of the new year, maybe not before Christmas? What do you think? Not before Christmas, I don't think. Yeah, but we'll we'll try to be back as soon as possible. Gonna come up with some uh, monthly themes over sure. the next little bit, so we can give a we can have a little more consistency, and we'll have a little more planning to do because this was like a real like last minute, you know. Yeah, no, eleventh t- hour. We're going to do this movie today. Yeah, I sent him a text yesterday. He's like, "Hey, Gremlins today or tomorrow?" And he was like, "No, let's do this one." And I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, definitely." So, um, like I said, I'm happy to see it. We do recommend it. I mean, we love horror movies. This is not going to be one that you're going to be not entertained by. And like I said, 87 minutes, it's the big winner here. It is really. You're in and out of this movie, and you're fine with it. So with all that, we don't see or talk to you. Merry Christmas or happy holidays, whatever you whatever you do out there. Uh, where can they find us on uh, Instagram? At Real Thrills Podcast. Yes. Go ahead click on us, follow us. Um, we always put our movies out there. We always want to have some response with you guys. Uh, you know, we're very happy where we're at today with the, with uh, the listeners we have. Peace out. Later.